Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 104. We are discussing the Mayakoba Golf Classic on the PGA Tour and the Ned Bank Challenge on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System, and with me we have Golf Betting Systems European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. How are we doing? Ducking and diving. Wheeling and dealing. Wheeling and dealing. Family life. (laughs) Yeah, juggling. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Paul, you should follow him at Golf Betting. Follow me at Bamford Golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Right. Now, next week is our last show, Paul. It is. Of 2019. It's light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Uh, you know, might might actually be able to uh, have a have a life for a month or so. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, we can't complain though. Uh, um, no, it's good because then the excitement builds as we get towards January for the, uh, the start. Oh, the after year. a couple of weeks, I'm just desperately trying to work out who's going to win the tournament at Kapalua. Yeah, yeah. and then I yeah, change so. my mind, of course, when I write the tips. <laughs> but um, let's get away from all this rubbish. What I would really like next week, Paul, is a re- is a uh, listener review. So if uh, if one of you or a couple of you out there could just take some time to log into Apple Podcasts or iTunes and uh, write us a review that we will then read out at the start of our last 2019 show, that would be absolutely fantastic. Don't forget, of course, that in terms of iTunes and Apple Podcasts, the reviewing marks and the volume of the reviews is really intrinsic in how the podcast gains its visibility in terms of uh, their recommended pods. So please take time to uh, rate and review us for the last show of 2019. Leave your name in the uh, description and, of course, we'll read it out on the show. Right. I haven't got a review to read out, so what I thought I'd do, Paul, is highlight to the listeners, and we mentioned this last week, but it is almost deadline time in terms of this fantastic boosted offer with William Hill. Now, we know that the, the offer's been extremely popular. And, and so uh, it should okay. be. Well, so, I, I was going to say, so it should be. Uh, William Hill, for a period of time, have been running their bet 10, get £30 of free bets offer for new customers which, of course, is uh, exactly the same in Euro, so bet 10, get 30. But until, uh, is it Thursday of this week? Yeah, midnight midnight, midnight GMT on Thursday the 14th. So a couple if of you, days from if now. You, yeah, this is it. If you sign up via one of our qualifying links at Golf Betting System, of course, there is a link through to the website on or in the descript- the podcast description, you uh, can access their enhanced, boosted, 100% free match bet up to £100 or €100 Euros if you're in the Republic of Ireland. So they effectively match your first stake on your first qualifying bet up to, uh, between £10 and £100, which is an exceptional offer. And it closes midnight on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, very as you said, been been popular and uh, 
And so it should be with uh, that level of generosity compared to the market as it is at the moment, which is uh, generally far far down, isn't it? It's down in the kind of five, get bet five, get 20s, or bet 10, get 30 kind of yeah. region. So uh, William Mill putting their, um, putting their neck out there to... Uh, to see if uh, see if people like that kind of deal, but yeah, if you fancy it, take advantage of it over the next couple of days before it expires on the fourteenth. Key terms and conditions on the website. Just worth noting that across the majors this year, they were seven each way on the PGA, seven each way on the US Open, and then the Open Championship. They went ten places each way. And that, of course, is uh, something that could, they could well be running with again in 2020. So always worth having these uh, sports accounts up your sleeve to maximise the each-way places at these major championships. Mm. That was a big move for them because they hadn't gone anywhere near 10 places no. in the previous majors, had they? So. It's always been Paddy Power, Betfair, Coral. That's right, yeah. Who instigated it. I think in 2017, Coral was the first to go 10 each way at a major. Yeah. So for William Hill to step up to the mark and go 10 each way was a huge step forward for him, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Indeed. So that offer available up uh, 100% up to £100 or €100 Euros on your first bet available via Golf Betting System key terms on the website. Okay, last week, you and I, we had it surrounded, didn't we? <laughs> we had it absolutely surrounded, the Turkish Airlines Open. Yeah, yeah. In fact, half one. the field had it surrounded. It was one of the <laughs> tightest golf tournaments I think I've ever seen. I think, I think whichever angle you look, someone's going to be able to uh, come up with an equally bad sub sob story for the for the week. It was that that close, wasn't it? The, you know, even the players who didn't get into that six man playoff um, at the end, there were a number just below that who had viable chances with the scoring options and scoring capability of that back nine. It's uh, the Montgomery Max. You know, all sorts can happen. And uh, even the players who finished on 18s and 17s with a little bit of luck here or there or the odd pot drop, um, putt dropping um, could have uh, could have also made it into the playoff. But uh, massively exciting, I think, I, think, I think it's a great course, great crowd. It's mm. always one of my favourite European Tour events. And you all tend to... Or I think, hopefully, it's going to stay at that Montgomery Max because I think, I think it's a better course yeah. from a... Um, from an excitement perspective, just as you said, the way that the setup works on the back nine. Yeah, yeah, and you know, clearly they they, they had a first by uh, playing the playoff in uh, under the floodlights as well, which was a you know a new departure for the European Tour and proved that it could be done. It still looked a bit gloomy from what I could see, but they had uh, no option, did they? No, not really. No, it was uh, night was falling or had fallen by that point, so uh, they, they needed to get the job done. But uh, the way they split the six up. Is that something you've seen in the past? Well, you don't tend to get six-man playoffs, do you? So, yeah, what option have they got, really? They could play all six of them off the same tee, which, uh, which would be quite painful, I guess, or, or go three and three, as they did. Um, but, yeah, whether that gives an advantage to the second group or not is, uh, is a matter of opinion. Not that it actually mattered in the end, because Hatton went out in the uh, in the first of the three, didn't he? But... Um, yeah, he rode his luck a little bit, too, didn't he? But uh, oh, when he chips yeah. in, you kind of knew it. Yeah, yeah. These Rolex events, and they, you know, you, whichever way you cut it, you look back and you think, well, ultimately, kind of the the better quality player has tended to prevail. Yeah. Um, 
even though you've got a, you know a, a number of players there who had a, a viable chance. You know, as you said, you you were on um, Bobby McIntyre, who didn't, yeah. didn't didn't quite make it, but he, he was in the mix for full four days, wasn't he? Um, I was on Victor Perez, who had a couple of outstanding chances. I mean, the three part on thirteen was just kind of rip your hair out of time, um, and then. He had his chance on the final green regulation as well. It was that 15, 18 foot for, for, uh, for, for Eagle, rather, which would have won it outright and uh, just drifted by the left side of the hole. But, um, but yeah, you know, there was, there was him, there was a number of players who had chances. And, you know, each of them, I guess, you know, I'm looking at Perez in particular because I was clearly following his round closer than any of the others. But um, I guess all of the players will be able to look back and, you know, pinpoint a single missed part or a bad bounce or a bit of bad luck here or there that's uh, contributed to them not getting beyond 20 under par but uh, oh yeah Kirk Hitchiama in the playoff he had a great chance to win it didn't he had what six foot or so on the was it the second playoff hole I think it was missed that putt and uh, as you said you know Hatton's just there and quality player in the end he uh, he gets over the line and, you don't, get many, you don't get many surprise winners of the Rolex Series events. I, I can remember Brandon Stone at the Scottish Open at a hundred to one. Hmm. Um, does the Dunhill Links is that is that a um, no 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 it isn't not, is it not, not class, classified as a it as tends a Rolex to be a, it tends to be a very established name that gets the job done, isn't it? Yeah. And in, in this general. case, it was Hatton. Who was was he at fiftieth or forty ninth in the world? He need, he needed to needed to act, didn't he? He, he seemed kind of surprised at the end himself that he'd won, um, particularly on Sunday because you know he, he'd played well up until that point. But I don't think he was at his best on Sunday. But uh, you know, when push comes to shove and putts are being missed, and uh, you know it's, it's getting to that uh, heated part of the tournament, then that little bit of experience, that little bit of nous almost is uh, is what can see a player over the line. So. Yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, disappointing because I was on him the week before and um, just felt his price was a little bit too short last week. But uh, there you go. That's golf betting for you, isn't it? In terms of the race to buy, you just get the feeling that Mr. Wiesberg is starting to get his head around the enormity of it, don't you? Mm, yeah, he's, he's leaving that door ajar. Yeah, he's, he's had a couple of opportunities with, with no one else really making any progress to uh, to step up and put you know clear daylight between him and everyone else but he's not done it he's got another chance this week but uh, given what we've seen over the last couple of weeks you wouldn't, wouldn't suggest well, he's going to run away with it. it is it is it a couple of top 10s would have probably got it all locked up yeah yeah because you know, half the time the other players that he's competing against aren't actually playing so you know he's got a massive opportunity to go and uh, go, go and push himself well clear of the pack but it's just not happened for him when when push has yeah. come to shove over the last few weeks. So, interesting to see what he does this week. But yeah, it, it kind of gives you the impression it's all going to come down to next week at the Earth Course. Yeah. So. Mr. Rahm, Mr. McElroy, they must be licking their chops. Yeah, yeah, Shane Lowry's still in there with a the, with the chance if uh, if Wiesberger doesn't do anything uh, big this week. Matt's, Matt Fitzpatrick's playing this week, so he's got a chance to uh, to get a bit of, make up a bit of ground on, uh, on Wiesberger. But uh, yeah, we'll see. So it's all going to come down to the final final week by the looks of it. Let's crack on then. Let's talk Ned Bank Challenge on the European Tour and then we'll go over to Mexico for the PGO mm. Tour event. So what this is one of those events that you always feel like you can nail. Um, it's a short field, isn't it? A very high quality field, of course. Only the uh, serious 
seriously uh, better players on the race of Dubai can get an invite to this. Mm. Yeah, they've kind of tinkered around with the format over the years. So I mean, the Nedbank's been going for quite some time in some shape or form back on the on the Sunshine Tour. It used to be yeah. one of these kind of money bags end of season jaunts for you know a dozen or so players who to just go there and earn a load of uh, American load of money. Fly over there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to get the likes of Goose and play it and win it, and um, uh, Jim Fury won it a couple of times, didn't he? There's the, the, all sorts of players who used to come over and uh, just earn a earn a few uh, South African rand and uh, and uh, a bucket load of OWGR points into the bargain as well. That's right. But, uh, a bit but like yeah, Tiger's no, tournament. and then it yeah, got exactly. absorbed into the European Tour playoffs, as they were called at that stage. But yeah, and, and it's a decent addition to the European Tour, undoubtedly. Yeah, it is. I, I remember look, looking back at it at the time and thinking, it's you know, it's a, it's a decent course. It would it'd be really interesting to see it uh, played properly on the on the European Tour, and they've they've done that. I mean, they they, they shifted to a thirty man format originally when it came over, and uh, up that to seventy eight over the last three years. It's changed again this year. It's sixty plus three invites, so um, an odd number for a any event really. I'm, I'm not sure I've seen a sixty three man field before. Um, but uh, yeah, that's by the by. Really, you've uh, you've got as you said these players who are all jostling for position either to get themselves in with a chance of uh, of having a run at it against Beesberger next week, or some that are still trying to scrape into that top sixty so that they can qualify for the Earth Course next week and uh, and stand a chance of earning a few extra dollars at the, uh, the season's finale. I, I, as you said a second ago, there's not been a great deal of change, is there, really, in the race to Dubai over the last few weeks? I mean, Hatton was the only one last week who made any significant progress, but he's up to mm-hmm. sixth now. Mm-hmm. And realistically, you know, he, he, he would have had to be playing this week and win this week again to stand a chance of uh, of getting close to the top. So there's this kind of apathy, isn't there, to this um, to, to the race to Dubai and winning it? You know, Ram's not playing this week, Lowry's not playing, they're in second and third place. You know, if they really, really bothered about it, they'd be out here um, battling and uh, straining every sinew to try and, uh, yeah. to and win. But yeah. it's, it, Clearly, with the PGA Tour, they're, they're forced to play these events as, well, they're not forced to, but the... the co- the whole concept of the playoffs means that you know you've got three three tournaments now in th- in three weeks, and they play them. And the money, you know, when when they're throwing, is it fifteen million now at the winner? Yeah, it's the FedEx it's a big, Cup. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's I, big I don't know in terms of race to Dubai what the bonus is for becoming the Order of Merit winner, but it clearly <laughs> doesn't really motivate the elite players, does it? It's not. It's on a different level, isn't it? And that, that's that's the point, really. It's still the poor relation. Even though these um, three events, they were traditionally the final series, weren't they? These three events. I think it's just been called the Rolex Series. Yeah, or the final three events of the Rolex Series. Rolex Series now, whatever. However, they've decided to name it. Um, but yeah, they're they're big bucks events. But um, yeah, as you say, they you know they're still just on a par with a regular PJ Tour event in that respect, aren't they? In terms of prize money, so it's nothing to get the big boys really excited. But even so, we've got a decent field here nonetheless. Um, Lou Eusthausen is the favourite this week at 9-1. to one. Um, Third at the WGC HSBC a few weeks back. So um, there's clearly some form there. And we know with Louis, when he's, he's that kind of player, isn't he, that you see progress through, gets a near miss and then potentially goes on and win. Um, 
his last win was at the South African Open, and he only just scraped through that um, twelve months or so ago. He just don't, he doesn't really win enough for me to be to be looking at him at that kind of single digit price. But um, I know plenty are on him, and there's plenty of reason to to be interested in Louis Oosthuizen this week. Tommy Fleetwood fourteen to one, Stenson's fourteen, Matt Fitzpatrick the same price as well now backed into fourteen to one. So a trio of second favourites there. Eric Van Royen twenty to one, Bobby McIntyre still at his perennially short price twenty two to one, but the boy's going to win, isn't he? He's a, he's a quality quality player. He is. Whether it's here, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, again last week he kind of flattered to deceive. He looked really good in spots, didn't he? But uh... well, I'm just looking at the past winners here. Westwood in eighteen at forty to one. Mm. Grace, the home, the home champion in seventeen at sixteen. Norren twenty to one in twenty sixteen, who had that amazing year. Leishman at sixty sixes was a bit of a shocker. Mm. Uh, although he had finished 11th at the HSBC, I think, two tournaments before, but came off a missed cut or something ridiculous to win this. Danny yeah. Willett at 25s and Thomas Bjorn at 30s. It doesn't shout 9-1 to one winner, does it? No, and, and it doesn't really shout 200-1 to one winner either. It shouts that kind of juicy uh, low-to-mid price, doesn't it? In, you know, where a lot of punters will be quite... Quite pleased to get involved with uh, with players who've got a viable chance, but yeah. But across, but across that list, you have got a you have got a a number of um, established players. I think that was that Willett's first Europe European Tour of victory in Forte. Quite possibly, I'm trying to think back now. Don't worry, Paul. I'm on Google. You keep, <laughs> you keep going. But all I, all I was suggesting is, you know, they in the main. He says, trying to qualify his remark. Um, they were experienced winners, all of those guys. Yeah, yeah, and and some quality there as well. You know, even with Leishman, you know, Leishman's the type of player that's uh, that's been banded about to win major championships. Uh, let for me clarify on Willett. He won the BMW International Open in 2012. That was his second European Tour victory, the Ned Bank in 2014. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But yes, yeah, no, no, no massive shocks, but no, um, no, you know, massively short favourites of, of, of yeah. So, either you know, you're looking at Bobby McIntyre. He doesn't fit that mould of winner. No, and as you said a second ago, with these Rolex Series events, the no, no matter how talented these maidens are, are they going to go and lift you know a, a prize that's as big as that, a title that's as big as that as their first title? It's um, yeah, it's debatable, really. You know, you look look back, and Brooks Koepka won the uh, the Turkish Airlines Open as his first uh, first title, didn't he, a few years ago? But you know, Brooks Koepka, as we've seen, is uh, is a different gravy. So, I don't know. It's um, yeah, for me, it probably is more of a um, more of an established player who gets over the line this week. But uh, we'll come to that shortly. Um, I'll get into the course a little bit. It's 7,831 yard par 72. It's the Gary Player Country Club. That sounds extremely long. Um, bear in mind, Sun City is played at altitude and it's pretty much 10% or thereabouts um, that you can put onto the yardage or you can take off the yardage from the um, from the altitude. So in my mind, it pl- plays closer to a kind of a 7,100, 7,200 yard par 72. So 
even though it looks extremely long on paper. And clearly, you still got to walk the 7,831 yards. It's just when you're playing your shots, they're going to be flying far further than they would do at sea level. Narrow fairways and thick, rough bushes lining the fairways. It's not. It's not a claustrophobic kind of tree line test. Um, it is. Still one, though, that d demands a level of accuracy and a level out of... Uh, you, you've got to be able to plot your way around this course a little bit. It's not just a, a, a grip it and rip it type of track. It's an interesting track. I actually really, really enjoy this particular layout. It's going to play quite soft by the looks of it. Thunderstorms over the last few days, as I've, I've been keeping an eye on the, uh, the forecast and the lead up to the event. Um, it looks like thunderstorms could well continue on and off up until Thursday and then it should clear through and we should have a few days of decent weather from Friday onwards for the tournament itself. There might be a bit of disruption on Thursday, we shall see. But I suspect that does mean that it's going to play relatively soft. I expect the rough will be quite um, tricky and gnarly should you find your way into it. But if you can keep yourself in the straight and narrow, I expect you're going to find there's... Um, plenty of opportunity to score on the greens here they're cracking quality bent grass greens so if you can find fairways find your greens and regulation i think scoring opportunities are there to be had and that's kind of borne out by the winning scores here and grace won at 11 under which 11 under which is the lowest score the worst score that we've seen since he came to the european tour all the way up to thomas bjorn who won at 20 under so in soft warm and um, fairly windless conditions, which is what we should expect from third uh, from Friday onwards this week. I expect you're going to be able to score. There's also going to be quite a variation in scores. I expect you'll find some players have an absolute disaster here, whereas others can go out and shoot a really, really strong low score. So by the end of Sunday, there's going to be a uh, yeah, there's going to be a huge gulf in my view between the player who's uh, sitting right at the bottom of the leaderboard and the guy right at the top. You know, potentially thirty strokes or so. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever to see that kind of differential. And um, going back to the the players who have won, all of them had a top ten in their last nine starts. Um, it's a fairly elite field, so you'd expect that, I guess. Grace was in the worst form um, in terms of drawing just an average of those um, finishes over the last few events but then he had finished 15th and 15th consecutively on these two events coming in so there were some signs that he was running into some form and he had a bit of form around um, the Sun City track as well he'd finished fourth and third over his last two attempts mm. so there was a bit of course form and a yeah. bit of sneaky current form in there for Brandon Grace. Westwood he absolutely loves this place he'd won it twice before before he came onto the uh, European tour as an event um, and uh, he had also shown some reasonable form coming in. So I think he had a couple of top five finishes in his last six starts as well. So there was, uh, there was fairly um, a fair amount to grab onto in terms of those two winners. Prior to that, Bjorn, Willett, Leishman and Noren were all playing this event for their first time. So in terms of their course history or in terms of their event history, it was non-existent. So um, you would have been just guessing in that respect for those guys. I mean, for me, um, I think you're going to need a level of control. High greens and regulation in decent conditions here is the key to unlocking this track here um, at Sun City. Bent grass putting form is uh, an, an important factor here, as is the fact it's played at altitude. And as we've said a number of times in the past, 
players and um, some players are quite comfortable adjusting for the altitude and adjusting how their um, mathematics works for the different uh, different ways or the different lengths of the clubs uh, or the ball flies from from their clubs. Um, this is a fairly um, standard altitude test in that respect, and you know ten percent is fairly common in terms of a way in terms of a metric for them to to calculate so i suspect those players who performed well at altitude before those players who played well in south africa before um, would be a good indication for those who may well play well this week um boiling all down field of 63 i've gone for three players altogether i've left the top of the market alone this week and i've started my team with lee westwood who's defending this week at 33 to 1 we said the winning scores were between 16 and 66 over the last uh, last few years and yeah. three of my four picks all fall into that bracket and i think that's likely to be the the kind of area that we find the winner come from um We've also said, as we said, that you know, if you're trying to pick these tall maidens in this this kind of field, it's it's a tricky old affair to try and get on over the line. So it kind of leads me to someone with you know more experience. Westwood's got that in abundance, isn't he? I mean, if you look at Sun City, the Sun City Resort in its entirety, and they, they hold some uh, some uh, Sunshine Tour events here at the uh, Gary Player Country Club. There's also there's another another track, um, Lost City, I think it is, that's, uh, that, that, that flanks the 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 same resort here and they play some of them over the two tracks here but if you boil down all of lee westwood's um form here on the resort it is absolutely outstanding he's got three ned bank wins ned bank wins he's got a further win on the uh, dimension data pro-am um there's a host of top tens around these parts as well he absolutely loves this part of the world and um, he won this back to back so in terms of um defending champions he's already done this he's already won this event as a defending champion he won in 2010 and 2011 so clearly he can do it in fact that's the third time he's defended a, um, a tournament successfully or he's defended three six, uh, three tournaments successfully over his career so far he's also got one of those very rare three-peats in there as well when he won in Japan quite early on in his career for three consecutive years on the trot so um, you know, there's plenty to suggest that Whereas some players can't get on with the um, the fact that they're defending Westwood, it just doesn't bother him. He just gets on with his game, and if he, he likes the track and he's feeling good and his game's in a good place, then then he's uh, he's got a chance of getting the job done. And you go back to last year, he got a couple of top five finish in his last six starts, so you could arguably say that he was in slightly better form last year coming into it than this year. But if you look at what he's actually achieved this year, fourth at the Open Championship is far better result on those um, those low key events that he, uh, he finished top five in last year 10th last week in Turkey he looked really good in Turkey for most of the event and he's another one of these players who had it gone right for him on the back nine on Sunday could have been uh, could have been pushing for that playoff um, his short game just let him down there was just a couple of uh, couple of chips that uh, didn't quite come off on Sunday but you know one of those goes in rather than leading to a bogey and so it's a different game altogether um, 62nd in the world rankings now. So for someone like Westwood, that's going to be a big carrot for him to try and perform over this week and next to to get himself into the top 50. So I think he's going to be super motivated this week, West, this week Lee Westwood. And has a great chance of defending his title at 33-1. to 1. 
A um, couple of mid prices now. Shabanka Sharma, who I backed yesterday, fifty-five to one. He's been backed in a little bit. There's still a bit of fifties out there. Um, if you're quick, now I backed him in Portugal three weeks ago, and he finished twenty-first. I think it was overall. I mean, he missed too many greens that week. Um, but if you look at how he played last week, he was fourth for greens in regulation in Turkey, eighty-one point nine percent. Suggests to me that he's found the answer to. That question that was uh, that was being asked in Portugal, which prevented him from uh, from going on and really, uh, really pushing for that title on, on the Algarve. And something's percolating with him, isn't it? We've seen a real jump in form from him over the last uh, couple of months or so. He was third going into Sunday at Wentworth before uh, falling away on the on the final day. Finished seventh at the Italian Open, seventh last week. And what was interesting last week is there were two really cracking rounds in there: sixty four on Friday. 64 on Sunday as well and he led the field in terms of par breakers so he, he shot overall an eagle and 26 birdies over the course of the week so clearly scoring very very nicely mm. um, there's also a bit of South African form out there as well he won the Joburg Open in 2017 and um, so in terms of you know, grasses and altitude yeah, yeah. You know, it ticks that box there um, 27th here on debut last year and he improved all the way through. He finished with a 68 um, and, uh, and was looking good as he, he got towards the end of the uh, end of the four days. So I think Shabanka Sharma is a strong each way punt here this week as is Christian Bazwadenhut. Bazwadenhut. Bazwadenhut, yes. Yeah. So, something along those lines. We're getting there, in aren't we? Of, in terms of the pronunciation, yeah. Um, he's such a visual player these days. You you can't go you can't go very long without having to say him at some point. No, he's exactly. Yeah. Su- having such a good season, we're getting plenty of practice. We're getting plenty of practice with his surname and and, and crucifying it every other week. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's currently fifty five to one. Again, he's been nibbled in a little bit since yesterday, but um, he should be right at home here. Joe Joe Berg native. He's had a huge year, as you said. Second in Qatar, ninth in Kenya, fourth in India. Third in Germany, one in Valderrama, third at Wentworth, and I, I, it's interesting the Wentworth link here because you read through the um, the winners here over the last few years, and you've got the likes of Alex Noren, Wentworth winner, Danny Willett won this year at Wentworth, Lee Westwood's won at the West Course on the um, uh, the, the old uh, the the old match play event that used to be played there years and years ago, and some of those other players that um, haven't. Actually, won at Wentworth, but done well here. Thomas Bjorn's got, I think, he's got a runner-up finish at Wentworth. And um, Brandon Grace has done well there as well. You know, there's there's lots of correlation there. And although this isn't a claustrophobic tree line test in that same respect, I think some of the um, nuances of the course, the way that you need to play the track, um, will carry across from that course to this. And I can I can see the link. I can see that there's a. Uh, yeah, there's a positive to draw between those two tracks. So the fact that Buswudenhut finished third here—I change the pronunciation every time I say it. Don't I? <laughs> <laughs> the fact, the fact, the fact that he, uh, the fact that he finished third at Wembley. Just him Christian. Year. Christian, yeah, that's just as bad when I try and say that. Um, it was quiet last week, but 17th at the WGC was positive, and it's got a bit of practical experience. He finished 25th on the Sunshine Tour in this uh, on, on this layout. Also finished second at the South African Open. He's won three smaller t- t- events in South Africa over the years. So clearly event or clearly comfortable playing on the home soil. So I think that he is worth a punt again each way at 55 to 1 out there right now if you're quick. 
Why is it Ross Fisher play? He didn't get in. He didn't get in. He, he needed a little bit more. He was on a, on an invite last week, so he needed really? to um, do slightly more to get through. But um, but yeah, it, it, again, it's another one, isn't it? it, it so, there were so many players coming down the stretch that could have pushed on. You know, with that birdie run that would have, uh, you know, a couple of birdies or an eagle or whatever would have pushed him into a into a winning position. But yeah, Fisher, there's something percolating again with Fisher, isn't there? It's um, He's starting to look a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more capable. He's got a very strong record in South Africa as well, hasn't he, Fish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, I don't know, when he pops up, it won't be a surprise to anyone, but trying to pick that week when he does it is going to prove to be quite a a tricky task, I think. One that you said to me you were going to back all the way and have, have, have actually lamely not backed him is Alex Noren. (laughs) <laughs> so I think I might take him at twenty five to one this week. Yeah, and you know, I, after two rounds, I was I was quite keen on taking him, but um, I I went back and watched his second round again, and even though he scored really really well, there was a lot of ragged play in it. There was a lot of ragged play in it, and and following it through, and it, it, it really caught up with him on the um, on the Saturday and the Sunday, or Saturday in particular, he had an, an awful day, and so, you know, he was out of it by then, and. Um, it was, it was interesting because you look at his raw stats and his, his stats suggest that he played really well. But then, you know, when you're actually eyeballing how he's playing, you think, well, that, he doesn't quite marry up. He's he's playing playing shots from all sorts of positions here that would suggest that uh, if you go to a track that's a, a little bit tighter like it is at um, Sun City, he's, he, he may well get found out. So, yeah, I kind of reluctantly uh, let him go. but um, I, I might just have to back him. Yeah, I, I may well be proven wrong. We shall see. 15th at the Dunhill Links, 18th at the Open de France, 15th in Bermuda, 28th last week. And as you said, he had a very ragged weekend. Mm. But the thing that gets me with Noren, and it, it kind of follows on from your comment about Wentworth, is the guy is just a machine around Wentworth. Yeah. And if there is... That kind of close association between Wentworth and here over in Sun City, I think he's the kind of player who I'm following this line about world rankings, and we see, we see it so often. He's dropped out of the world's top fifty. Mm. Um, he's sixtieth spot in the official world golf rankings. He needs a result, and he needs it desperately. Now, desperately, I mean. It's not the end of the world if he doesn't make it. But when you've been in the top 50 for such a period of time and you're kind of getting used to getting that Masters invite popping on your doormat in December, not to get that uh, is quite a big deal. He's sixth at Wentworth in 08, eighth in 15, first in 17 and third in 18. He loves loves Wentworth. And we just know from experience that he's a bent grass or he's a bent poer mix golf course player isn't he mm. and I just noted I'm I'm not a huge fan of him on Bermuda I'm not a huge fan of him on Paspalum but for him to actually start have two very strong rounds last week in Turkey would suggest once he actually lie, once he actually finds a golf course that he's comfortable with with bent grass I think he could actually start making some more putts I think that makes him a dangerous entity this week 
Yeah, and he said he said in an interview that he was feeling far more comfortable with a putter, and I think that that showed because he, particularly in that second round, he was making a lot of putts. It it was just that his his short game was having to save him from some pretty nasty positions, which generally it was on the Friday. He was getting away with that, and then and then when he was finding the fairway, finding the greens, he was he was scoring heavily, and you know that was reflected in his score. Um, it was just when that started to dry up, when he didn't start making those pars, it was... Um, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it and he hasn't been backwards. in contention for a fair old period of time. But as we know, mm. these things change, don't they? Yeah. And they change quickly with these elite players. Yeah. And go, going back to that, you know, the, if you go through the list of names of... Um, of Rolex Series wins, you know, he's, he's already we've seen plenty of multiple Rolex Series winners, haven't we? So, um, you know, another player adding his name to that list, who's you know, he's already on the list, um, who um, you know, just doesn't doesn't feel out of kilter. I there's plenty to like. It was it was only when I went back and and really sat down and studied how he played over those days from what I could glean from the coverage that I thought well, actually I I can't back him here personally but that's that's the kind of uh, comment from myself to you um earlier in the week that it tends to backfire <laughs> and then exactly that's why i bought it then i get a message through on sunday saying um yeah i thought you should have stuck with noran like you suggested from the outset so it's not really worth discussing the merits of louis oosthausen at home i mean that's blatantly obvious for the tournament mm. favorite the one, the one that might just be worthy of conversation, and one that I'm sure there's lots of listeners out there wanting a view on, would be Eric Van Rooyen. Yeah. What are your thoughts on him this week? Okay. Clearly, twenty to one's almost. I mean, it's not a huge price, not great price. Um, it's a kind of backable price compared to some of the ones around and probably above him. Um, yeah, where yeah. do you think he's at? I yeah. If if. Backable price is a matter of opinion, I guess. I, I couldn't have him at that price. Not in the, not in, not in this field. Not at this level. I think he's clearly stepped up. I think he's clearly made strong advances over this year. He's got that win. You know, he's got that monkey off his back, and uh, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be buoyed by that for a period of time. And again, you know, it's there was a massive opportunity for him to win last week. I mean, to make the, to make the eagle to get himself into the playoff. Um, that was a, a huge step for him, um, but then lamely dropped out. You know, Victor Perez lamely dropped out after on the first hole of the playoff as well. So uh, you know, disappointment for both of them there at that point. But I, I, twenty to one's too short for me, Steve. I, I can't, I can't take him at that price. I've just run a search on him. Clearly, South African. Fifty-six mm. tournaments in South Africa. He's won one of them. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't say twenty to one, does it? Doesn't scream back at me at twenty to one, no. Interesting. No, I mean for me, who, the only other... I, I'm going to just add this. I think this is Go something on. we should add to the pod. Who who came really close consideration? Well, I've got one more to go through first, so let, let me do that, and then I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll go through my nearly list um, of players if I can pull it up while I'm. Uh, well, I thought talking. you said you're only backing you're only backing three. It's four. I've, yeah, I've got three three who are in that bracket from okay. uh, kind of sub sixty six to one. The final one is Scott Jameson, who's and you talked about Ross Fisher as having an, an excellent uh, South African yeah. uh, form line. Scott Jameson really does turn it on when he comes to South mm-hmm. Africa. 
Um, he won the Nelson Mandela. You remember that Nelson Mandela? It was that farcical thirty-six hole affair where Didn't they play it within a within a, a horse racing track or something. It was like four thousand <laughs> yards. Yeah, well, it got it got flooded, didn't it? The weather was horrific, um, and and then the the yeah, the, the second record in South Africa. Isn't it? I'm just looking. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's really really good. He. Um, they they played the final. They played only thirty six holes in there. They played the second thirty six with number of holes that had been reduced in terms of their length. So a lot of the par fives are playing as par threes, and um, he shot fifty seven in that final round to to win in a playoff. So he got his win. It's, it ranks as a genuine European Tour win, but clearly he would want to add a genuine four rounder to that at some point in his career. Actually, he nearly won the week after at Leopard Creek. So again, more South African form. That win had got him into the Volvo Golf Champions that used to run um, as the, uh, the equivalent of the Century Tournament of Champions, effectively on the European Tour. He nearly won that as well. That was his first start the following year. Second in that. Um, four top seven finishes in his last seven South African starts. One of those was here at Sun City, who was second at Brandon Grace, um, having led into the final round that year, a couple of years back. So he's got course form, loves South Africa. And actual recent form's a little bit under the radar. He's 12th at Crans Sorcier. Actually, 12th was exactly what Lee Westwood did last year at Crans before he came and, came and won there. He led the KLM Open after 36 holes. He was tenth last week in Turkey. Looks really good in Turkey, actually, for lots of uh, for for good stretches. He was that, right. So. He, his name was quite near the top of the leaderboard the whole way through. Yep, 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 yep. It was uh, there was plenty to like there. And um, sixty fifth in the race to Dubai as well. So they will do this final cut for who gets through to the um, to the Earth Course um, next week. So he needs a good week to. Um, to really push through and, uh, and and rubber stamp his position for next week. So, at hundreds of one with uh, with some good good you know good recent current form and um, an absolutely stellar South African form line. Mm. Um, I've James just backed him, Paul. Eight pl- I've got seven places with Betfair Sportsbook. I'm I'm taking him at eighty to one right now. Yeah, that 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 record is stellar. Indeed, did you say second year? Yeah, 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 finished second year. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I don't some... think he's a winner, but he's a great each way punter. Eighty to yeah, one. Yeah, I think there's, there's far worse each way punts, and there wasn't much else in kind of the three figure brand uh, bracket that really, uh, really interested me. This who was the close one then? Well, apart from Alex Noren, who was there, How uh, Tong Lee, I toyed with. Um, you know, everyone was on him last week, and he didn't do anything. But oh, that's yeah. that's the recipe for someone to come through, and uh, that's what happened with Danny well. Willett, wasn't it, a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. I get. I guess the one who was at a decent price who well, I came close to DP World Tour Championship. Yeah, indeed. Willett, indeed. everyone was on him the week before here. Yeah, and then he goes and wins <laughs> then, that. Yeah, then you, then then you, you give it up, and um, yeah, mm-hmm. he's. Uh, Goes and goes and wins the following week. Justin Harden was probably the one who came closest to me. Um, he played some decent stuff last week, and um, he's he's at a decent price as well. And he's showing snippets of form. Um, Andrew Pavan's playing been been showing lots of consistent form as well, and uh, he, he was another one who yeah, was. Look at Pavan. Uh, he was, he was he's the kind close. of player that would win one of these, and you wouldn't be overly shocked because he's actually stepping up to the mark a lot more. Yeah, yeah. He started it's... really fast in Turkey, didn't he, Pavan? Yeah, and if you look back, you know, over his last two, maybe three months, there's lots of very strong, consistent play. It's just, it's just not breaking, you know, not, not really rewarding each way punters, which is, uh, no. 
which is what you'd want to see if you're going to take him at that kind of 50 to 1 pie price. So, so yeah, I ended up just plumping with the, um, the the four that I've got, the three you know, shorter prices and then uh, Scott Jameson to, uh, to top it off for the week. Thank you for that. Uh, Maya Cobra Golf Classic on the PGA Tour. We've got PGA Tour action this week. We've got that, this, this week, and then the RSM Classic on Sea Island next week. Um, to close the PGA Tour action for 2019. Um, it's a reasonable field. Um, I think this is one of the tournaments that's actually benefited from the wraparound season. Um, we're now getting the likes of uh, a few top 50s in here in the world. Uh, Tony Finau. Uh, we've got uh, Matt, uh, Jason Day, Matt Kuchar, Billy Horschel, Ches Reevy, Kevin Kisner, Abraham Anser and Keegan Bradley in the field this week. Uh, so it can't be sniffed at. We actually had Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler here last year, if you remember. Mm. Ricky Fowler was going to play this year. Uh, That's he pulled right, out yeah. literally on Friday as the... Um, I've forgotten Jason Day, of course. Uh, Jason Day's in the field at 29. Um, yeah, it was, it was Paulie, is that right? Uh, yeah, Ricky, Ricky was. Because I wanted Ricky in there just to boost the prices a couple of yeah, points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because uh, clearly Ricky would have been favourite, mm. even though he hasn't played since the Tour Championship. But I remember a couple of years ago he came here and he was 10 to 1 favourite, having done exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, so you'd have expected you'd have had Fowler around 12, 14 to 1 mark, and they might might have moved a few people out. But it's a, it's a, I think it's a great field. Uh, for this level of tournament, Jason Day, Victor Hovland's playing at twenties. They're 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 sharing favoritism. Kuchar, Hovland, and Day. Finau, there's a little sliver of twenty twos, sharing that with Billy Horschel, who's been playing some good golf this year. Yoking Wunderkid Neiman at thirties with Charles Howe the third, who you thought I was going to tip up. Mm. Abraham Anser, thirty threes with Russell Knox. The Enigma, who is Emiliano Grio at 35s. The statistician, four-time major winner. Scotty Scheffler also at 35 to 1. And then the likes of Aaron Wise, Keegan Bradley, Kevin Kisner at 40. So it is a decent field. Um, it's one of those tournaments, and it's I think it's similar to the Ned Bank, although they're completely poles apart. One's at altitude, one's on the coast. Well, you always think you've got a chance here because there's some there's some decent kind of statistical skill set trends that you want to be looking at. Yeah, and for me, it's quite it's quite a simple equation. For me, it's guys that are clearly ball you know excellent ball strikers. Don't have to be long, but excellent ball strikers who can just convert enough chances with their neat approach play. From that five to kind of fifteen feet area yeah. to actually get the scoring going in the right direction. That's exactly where I'm at this week, and statistically, that tends to come through here. Mm. It's a little bit similar, also, to yours in terms of the price of winners here. Uh, Kuchar was twenty-two under, Kazai nineteen under in seventeen, Pat Perez twenty-one under, GMAC eighteen under in fifteen. Hoffman 17 under, Harris English 13, 21 under. Got to shoot birdies. Um, the course is going to be, I think, soft. There's been a lot of rain in the area. 
Uh, rain yesterday, Monday. Rain today forecasted at like 80% Tuesday. I think we're going to see soft fairways. We're going to see, as ever here, soft greens. We are talking about the Gulf of Mexico here. Player Del Carmen, which clearly is a very, very popular tourist destination. And there's some rather nice hotels dotted around this golf course, hence why a lot of players come and play here because they bring the family along with them. Hmm. Um, but yes, key tournament skill averages. So taking all the winners from 2011 through 2018. Uh, driving distance 30th, accuracy 33rd, greens and regulation 10th, scrambling 14th, putting average 13th. So putting average, that is quite a high number. As we know, we know we've seen tournaments this year where putting average to win to, for the average of the winner was second or third mm. across eight, nine tournaments. Yeah, to yeah. see 13 suggests it isn't a pure short game putting fest. No, It's no. more towards that Guy that metronomically can find eight, you know, eight seventy-five, eighty percent of greens, and then convert enough of those five, fifteen, twenty feet footers to get the job done. Yeah, we've also got three par fives this week on a par seventy-one format. It is by the coast. Uh, the par fives themselves are five fifty-four, five fifty-four, and five thirty-two, reachable to the field. So, and you do see this. I don't think it's a pure bombers golf course. Uh, in Kuchar, Kaziah, Pat Perez and Graham McDowell, I'm not seeing 335-year-old-yard uh, Cameron yeah. Champ bombers yeah, winning this. Your 285, 290 guys can Competitive. compete, can't they? It's what we saw in Bermuda a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely. That's kind of where I'm at. And I'm also encouraged by Price. Uh, Kuchar was 60-1 to 1 winning this last year. It's mad looking back at it. For a player of his quality in that field. Clearly, you know, he wasn't tearing up trees form-wise, hence 60-1, to one, but you mm. could have built a case. Yep. Patton Kaziah was hot on form at 70-1. to one. Pat Perez had just literally arrived from Las Vegas from a seventh-place finish, 125-1. to one. And then we had GMAC, 33-1 to one in 2015 who had been showing quite... Didn't have any top 10s, but you just... If you'd been watching the European Tour golf avidly, you just kept seeing McDowell in kind of semi-contention mix over September into October, and then he came here and smashed it at 33-1. to Mm. You average out the winning price here across the last six renewals, so since they brought in the wraparound season, 62-1. to Yeah. Doesn't shout, doesn't shout to me, Victor Hovland, at 20-1. to 1. No, no. Some Although I think he can tear the course apart. I'd, my, my summary would be Jason Day's here to try, and, to try and get his game in some sort of shape for the President's Cup. Uh, Victor Hovland, I think he's playing this because he thinks he's got a great chance of winning it, and he probably has. Matt Kuchar hasn't played since the Tour Championship. That's a big no-no for me. And then you've got Tony Finau, the enigma that is Tony Finau. 22 to 1 in this field, it isn't a crazily horrible price, but it's something I'm not getting involved with. No, for a guy who just doesn't convert, it's. Yeah, it's, but yeah, we say that every week. Yeah. His only win was on Paspalum Greens in Puerto yeah. Rico. So. Mm. I'm not. I'm, I'm nowhere near that. I think. 
I've, I've backed Billy Horschel here in the past because you look at Horschel and you just, you know, we talk it through. Horschel is a streaky putter. He's fantastic from tee to green. A real top-level ball striker. And when I've tipped him here in the past and you just look at his numbers, he just struggles to putt here year in, year out. You know, he's putting at 1.8 every year around here. Yeah. And that isn't going to win you the title. No, no, no. No. And I can't back him at 22 to 1 on that basis. 45 to 1, yeah, different kettle of fish. Mm. The one, of course, you know, Charles Howe, the third, uh, Yoking Neiman, I can't find a top 10 on any surface bar bent grass or bent power for Yoking Neiman. So I'm not going to be backing him as short as 25 to 1 when he hasn't got a top 10 finish on either Bermuda or Paspalum to his record. Mm. The one that would have interested me right at the top was Charles Howe III, and that's the one that might come and bite me on the bottom because I am a Charles Howe fan. 30-1 to 1 isn't a bad price. Uh, we know that he uh, always comes to the party by the coast. Uh, he's fighting to get in the top 50. I think he's at 53rd in the world, something like that. Mm. Uh, he's always at that kind of mark, though, and he's CH3. Just, <laughs> just always in that kind of 50 to 60 spot or just in the high 40s. Yeah, just hovers around and, and banks a lot of money each year, doesn't he? I never like taking uh, some of these guys that actually are Mexican here. Ansa or um, Carlos Ortiz has been playing some nice golf. I just don't know. Until I see one of these Mexicans win one of these one of their, their home tournament. I'm not likely to tip them. The one in the end I went for and I was forced to go for, it wasn't really a willing decision. But if he did turn up here and if he did have a good week and if he did win it and I hadn't tipped him, I would have been jumping out of my office window. Is Russell Knox. Mm. And we've had success in the past, haven't we, with blatant, obvious players that are half-decent price. You know, I can yeah. remember Brant Schnedeker last year at 28s. Uh, I'm not saying Knox is quite in that form, but if you wanted to, if you sit, I guarantee you, if I sat over um, a pint of um, Diet Coke with Russell Knox and he's sitting there doing some Pilates on the other side of the desk because he's into his Pilates these days, I guarantee you tell tell me that El Chameleon was in his top three golf courses on the planet. Mm. And you might find that he'd actually say it was his most favourite. But the, the guy absolutely loves it round here, and he's just trending, isn't he? Yeah. Knox. Yeah, yeah. And when you actually right look way. at his record, three main tour victories, one WGC, one the Travellers, one the Irish Open last year at Ballyliffin by the coast. And when you just look at the way that he does win, it's always at this kind of price point, and it's always where he's just had a period of GIR monstrosity just constantly banging the greens back and the putter just slowly but surely ekes another little bit of a digit off and another bit of a digit off and eventually he just takes off and wins one yeah yeah and i just think that could be this could be the week for him um, yeah played well at bermuda didn't he he did, didn't he? And just fell away. But you know, let's let's not take that as a negative. You often see that this with guys that then come and win. They don't all, you know, and these guys aren't perennial contending machines like John Rahm every week, are they? Or you know, like an elite player like a Justin Thomas. These guys no, no. have patches of contending. 
Yeah. He's been second, third, and ninth here on his last three visits. And this was crazy. I don't think I've seen this. As you know, I have eight-week trackers. And this week, I'm tracking the traditional stats because strokes gained are no good now because we've had so many tournaments where strokes gained aren't recorded. Russell Knox is in the top 20 for driving accuracy, greens and regulation, scrambling and putting. I don't think I've ever seen a player in all four. Full house. Full house, mate. And that is just perfect for him. So Knox is in at 33s. I managed to get eight places with Paddy Power, which I thought was fantastic. If we're going down this OWGR route, again, uh, we, we had, there was success last week with Hatton. The one that really, really came close to me and could be the one that really kills me is Keegan Bradley. Because right. he is 49th in the world... We know that he thrives on soft golf courses, takes them apart. Bearing in mind that BMW Championship last year was on a sopping wet Aronimink course. Yeah. He's had a, I think it's an 8th and a 15th here in two visits. Um, I think he's in the top three for scoring average on our scoring average sheets. But I just, he just, he's been showing flashes with the putter as well, Bradley. Bearing in mind, don't forget he was uh, he, he played in the final group for 36 holes with Tiger in Japan. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? It was the second round on that really wet course where he threw in some ridiculous 64 or something. He can do Brad- it, can't he? I think Bradley's going to have a good week. He, he can just find that putter every now and again and then he completely, you yeah. know, he loses it, doesn't he? I just can't. Just look at the way that I analyse this and the, the numbers I've taken over the years. He does not appear in in that five to fifteen feet range that I need. A, I need winners to actually show. He just doesn't appear, mm-hmm. and that's the only reason I haven't backed him. The one that does appear at the same price point, who I think might have a little bit of motivation behind him this week, is Kevin Kisner. Yeah. And if you look at Matt Kuchar, and you 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 had a chart of where Matt Kuchar's played well, and where Kevin Kisner's played well, I reckon they'd be identical. The only thing Kisner can't do, he can't play in the desert for some reason. Doesn't doesn't like the thin air, or whatever. But if you just look at coastal courses or other courses, Kisner and Kuchar are almost identical. Mm. And I, there's this rumor that Kepka's in serious trouble with his knee, isn't he? For this yeah, President's yeah, Cup. Yeah. 50-50, isn't it? It was uh, a lot of mention in, go- in Golf Magazine and on Golf Channel last week in the States, and he's seriously 50-50. And if that's the case, I think we're in a land, aren't we, where it's it's a, it's either Ricky Fowler, who isn't playing this week, mm. and won't play the RSM next week. It's Kevin No, it's Kevin Kisner. And if you look at Kevin Kisner's match play record, it's isn't it one of the best in the world on the planet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Very Kisner strong. shows up this week and literally top five or goes and wins this, if Kepka was to fall out, I, he, he's locked up his spot, hasn't he, effectively? Mm. And I just think it's those little intricacies sometimes that... And I'm prepared to back Kisner at 40 to 1. Bear in mind, he was 12th at the Northern Trust, 9th at the BMW Championship, and 9th at the Tour Championship against the very best players in the world over that three week FedEx Cup playoff stretch. Yeah, it's not too shabby, is it? He was 8th 
after 54 holes at HSBC, I'm sure you've noticed his name on the leaderboard mm. when you were covering that tournament a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He shot 10 under across Friday and Saturday, which was only beaten by Paul Waring and was the equal of Louis Oosthuizen and Rory McIlroy. Both single digit, uh, McElroy won at single digits, and Louis Oosthuizen's the single digit favourite this week in South Africa. And I'm grabbing Kisner at forty to one. Great, great by the coast. He, this is the only reason we're getting that price is he's got he's had two miscuts here in a sixtieth from three appearances, and the two, the first miscut in the sixtieth were when he was a real you wouldn't have even known who Kevin Kisner is. Mm. He was that far down the, um, the the kind of um, pecking order back in his early days on the tour and the miscut the last miscut was when he came here after eight weeks of not playing since the FedEx Cup playoffs a couple of years ago so he was just yeah. using it as a warm up for the RSM which is a tournament that clearly he loves because he's one of the, the Sea Island Mafia yeah, yeah. so he's I just think Kisner on the basis that he's played two in Asia there's this there's this thing about Brooks Kepka. I think he'll be taking this tournament very seriously this week. So I took the forty to one uh, with Betfred seven places. I get re- rarely am I surprised in a positive way by prices, but I was amazed to see Harris English chalked up at sixty six to one by William Hill on first show yesterday. <laughs> I was literally like, I walked downstairs and my wife's down there in the kitchen making a cup of tea, and I said to Denise, I said, I can't believe. She just she just nods because she knows nothing about golf betting at all. I said, I cannot believe there's a guy I'm about to tip up at 66 to 1, and I thought he'd be a lot shorter than that. And she's going, oh, that's good, dear. That's good. <laughs> I knew the 66s wouldn't last because it was with William Hill, and sure enough, it had literally disappeared in 20 minutes. But to get 55 to 1, eight places each way with Paddy to power on Harris English, I think is one of the best prices I've seen for a while. Mm. Fourth, sixth, 33rd and fourth in his last four outings. And he's yeah. a winner on this course. Playing some nice stuff. He is, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, all, 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 all does add up nicely, actually. It's, and when you look at Kiz, Kiziah, who won here at 70 to 1, and his form in, you just get the feeling that English would be that obvious guy that's clearly playing some fantastic golf and would just turn up and win and you go, why didn't I back him at 55 to 1? Yeah. Yeah, backable price for sure. It is, isn't it? Loves playing by the sea. Gets on well with Paspalum. He's one of these guys that's clearly gone back to the Corn Ferry playoffs and found something and come back full of confidence. Yeah. A bit like Brendan Todd a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Who who did well. You said that, didn't he? Finished second in one of those Corn Ferry. Then finds finds his game at Houston and bang, wins the Bermuda at 100 to 1. I think English is playing far better. Get this. He's um, so far third for scoring average and fourth for birdie average on the PGA Tour this season. And they played nine tournaments. It's not as yeah, if... You know, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. He, he's playing some good stuff. Yeah, finally, started off very nicely. Yeah. Finally. And this is the one that would come and bite me on the arse if I didn't tip him. And it's the one that I had in my mind months and months ago that, that Harold Varner third is going to win a tournament soon. And it will come on a sopping wet golf course where the ball just stops on the fairways and stops on the greens. Where, mm. you know, you're saying, the caddy's saying to the player, look, it's 128. And literally, you bang it 128 and the ball stops. Yeah. That's that's Varner's gig. Um, 
fifth here in 2015 when he was a rookie on tour. And he was sixth here last year. He's played here three times. Averages 68.2, which places him eighth in the field for scoring average. I, th- I think a win is coming for Harold Varner. And don't forget, his only per professional win, which came, I think it was, was it the Australian PGA Championship? Mm. That came in early December. So he likes this kind of late yeah. fall time of year. Yeah, by rhythm. Yeah. So there you go. I've gone Harold Varner the third. I managed to grab him at 66s. Unibet were the only company 66s. Uh, they're not anymore. But uh, you can grab him 50s, 55s, Harold Varner. So I've gone Varner, English, Kisner, and Russell Knox. So who are you on for this one, Paul? Very nice. Uh, Yeah, I I haven't backed Harris English yet, but I think there's a very compelling case to get involved with him here this week at around 50 to 1. Are you going um, for Graham McDowell at 70 to 1? Do you know, ones that did interest me, Danny Lee interested me, um, Graham McDowell did interest me actually at that kind of price. The only one I've backed is Ryan Armour at 100 to 1. Mm. And he's one of those um, accurate types. Um, actually, he tends to hit a lot of fairways and then his greens in regulation doesn't always tend to be up to the same kind of level. But there's been a spark with that over the last couple of weeks or last couple of starts at least. And that's given me a bit of uh, confidence that he could go well here this week. Um, 23rd in Houston, um, where he was 14th for greens in regulation, 8th at the Bermuda Championship on his last start, where he was 18th for greens in regulation. And actually, he putted really nicely. He's not the best of putters, Ryan Armour. And when his putting starts to uh, starts to take a step forward, that's another noteworthy element of his game. He was ninth for putting on his last start at Bermuda. So those elements all look quite nice for a player, I think. And as you said, he, you don't have to be the longest here. And he's by, no. by, by far... Not that golf course at all. No, he's, he's, he's not, not long compared to the uh, to, to the Bombers out there by any stretch of the imagination. But um, but yeah, he seems to be playing some nice stuff from tee to green and putting well, which is good. In fact, four um, top 12 putting performances in his last eight starts, which is a bit of an eye-opener for someone like Ryan Armour. Um, going back way in the day, he was fourth here in 2007 on his debut, 20, 21st here last year. And in fact, he shot three decent rounds, 67, 67, 66. It was only the Saturday 71 that let him down. Otherwise, he'd have been far, far closer. And you talked about Byrhythms a second ago. The only PGA Tour event that he won was in the um, full series. It was the Sanderson Farms Farms. back in 2017. So, yeah, there was a, a few... Nice pointers for Ryan Armour for me at 100 to 1. I thought it was well worth taking a chance on. Bigger price. prices I'd be interested in. Austin Cook, I think, could go well. Hmm. He was in the top, I think he shot 62 or 63 to win, uh, the last outing in Houston in round one, first yeah. round leader. Always plays well on Bermuda grass or, or something of that ilk. There's something bubbling with Cook. Don't forget he won his only PGA Tour event at Sea Island a couple of years ago. Mm. So biorhythms again. I'm seeing Cook as big as 120, uh, 125 to 1 and as short as 90 to 1. So there's 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 that kind of bookmaker um, yeah, disparity, change yeah. of views that yeah that sometimes you can take advantage of. I thought you might you might like a bit of Zing Zhang as well. 
Because he's playing yeah. some nice stuff, isn't he? I know he let you down at the HSBC, but even then, he, he wasn't a total disgrace. No. no at World was... Golf Championship level. Yeah. 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 Playing yeah, some nice stuff, if... Zang. Yeah, there's a few you could, you know, you, you could build a case for. And Luke List at 125 to one, that will work. That will catch the imagination of some players as well. Um, some, I mean, I'm seeing pundits. Zhang up at 100 to one, or he's a short with some firms. It's at 80 at uh, 60 to one. Mm. 66 is with Coral. So Zhang's another one. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good tournament. Yeah. Uh, the other one I toyed with, I really toyed with, and I asked you some questions about him and about what he'd done in the past, was Dylan Fritelli. Yeah. Just couldn't find enough form on the PGA Tour tracks I was looking for to persuade me that he would um, that, that he was the man for the job. But he's played here before, um, and I think it, there's a 66th one price point out there on Dylan Fritelli, and he's been playing some nice stuff for South African. And he won in on was it Mauritius? Yeah. Another coastal course at this kind of time of year on we think Paspalum Greens. We're not hundred percent certain. Yeah, it's a bit, bit patchy on the European tour with that. Two data. Event. But Dylan Fratelli's been playing some nice stuff, so he's another one that could show up. Fifty to one or forty five to one. You can get sixty sixes with Ladbrooks right now, but only the five places on Dylan Fratelli. I think that's us, isn't it? Oh, Danny Lee. I must mention, I was all over Danny Lee like a rash. Look at his record. I've never seen Danny Lee go back to back on the PGA Tour, arriving at a course that he'd got a top 10 in the previous outing, if you see what I mean. He was second here last year. Right. Okay. You know, these these players do have these kind of mental blocks. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a couple of decent finishes here, hasn't he? um, Well, it's a soft course, and we know he's a soft course. He loves soft golf courses, Danny Lee. Mm. Second and tenth in his last two outings. I mean, I was all over him like a rash at fifty to one, but that one thing put me off. So he's likely to win, <laughs> as ever. Mm, of course, you can't pick them all, can you? No, otherwise you're in the back and after field. Right. Thank Paul. Thank you very much for your time. Good luck. Yeah. Your, best of uh, luck this week. this week. Thank you. Um, thank you to the listeners again just just one thing to say right at the end here for those that have managed to get to the end a review on Apple Podcasts for the last show of 2019 would be greatly appreciated by Paul and myself so if you guys could uh, spend a couple of minutes and get that done we'd really appreciate it for next week of course we'll read it out at the start of the show enjoy your golf this week and uh, good luck to all of you listeners we'll be back again next week for the last show of 2019 goodbye